The views and opinions of all participants in this podcast are strictly their own. Listener's discretion is advised. Listening to The Human Factor. Hello, Podcast Land. I am Danny Beard, and you are listening to The Human Factor. So, in the spirit of Halloween, I'm doing a series special this month on the top must see horror films of the past. I will be breaking these films down in chronological order by decade, starting with the 1970s into the millennium. Now, I could indeed travel further back in time due to the fact that the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and even 60s had some great films, especially since a lot of those were the original masterpiece of the films we see today. So, but people don't really care that much about black and white films. So I'm going to stick to the decades I think are most relevant to today's audience. So let's get started with... 1970s horror films um now i'm pulling this from a list i found online i don't necessarily agree with all of them and i especially don't necessarily agree with the order they're in but here they are nonetheless at number 20 we have the last house on the left which is a 1972 American exploitation horror film written, directed, and edited by Wes Craven in his directorial debut. Now, a lot of people think of Wes Craven. They think of Scream, um, the whole Scream series. Um, He did a lot of good films uh, much later on. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously. Uh, Serpent in the Rainbow, The People Under the Stairs, you know. He did some good ones. This film, to me, wasn't necessarily one of them. Um, It's kind of hard to stomach, uh, especially since it's uh, really uh, about rape torture (laughs) more than just being an outright horror film. Uh, I guess, in a sense, if you were the girl in the film that's being brutally raped, then much like I spit on your grave back from the 70s, I guess, in a sense, you would be terrified um, for me, though, it's uh, I wouldn't really put it in there in top 20 horror films, but they did. So we'll leave it at that. Um, the film follows uh, Mary Collingwood, played by uh, Sandra Peabody, a hippie teenager who was abducted, raped and tortured by a fugitive family on her 17th birthday when they unwittingly seek refuge in her home the killers face the vengeance of her parents. So not completely unlike I spit on your grave, but in that one, obviously the woman uh, played by, was it Camille Bell or I I can't even remember. Um, She goes off on a tangent and kills all the people that brutally raped her. And this one, it's the parents that get the vengeance um, for their daughter being abused um like i said this one's at number 20 uh definitely nowhere near one of wes craven's best films 
Um, if I had to recommend it, I wouldn't. Uh, I didn't think it was that great, but, you know, teach is their own. And I'll move on to the next one. At number 19, we have The Crazies, um, which, if I'm not mistaken, they remade this film recently, which I have not seen. But I did see the original, and it was an all right film. Um, it's a 1973 American science fiction horror film written and directed by George A. Romero, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with George A. Romero, uh, anytime you think about zombies, just think of him. Uh, he's the guy that pretty much, you know, put the trademark on uh, undead, you know, rising and stirring up havoc that we've seen through, I don't know, probably a million films now. I don't know. Uh, it stars Lane Carroll, William McMillan, and Harold Wayne Jones as residents of a small town that accidentally become uh, afflicted by a military biological weapon. Filmed in Evans City in western Pennsylvania, The Crazies was a box office failure upon release, but has since become a cult film. A remake of the film was released in 2010. Okay, so there it is. I have not seen the remake. Perhaps it's better than the original. The original was an okay film. If you've never seen it, um, I wouldn't put it high up on my recommendation list. Uh, the fact that it's at number 19 out of 20, uh, probably a good placement for it. And we'll move on to number 18, uh, which is Phantom of the Paradise, 1974. Um, it's an American rock musical comedy horror written and directed by Brian De Palma and scored by, I'm sorry, scored and starring Paul Williams. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. He is a composer. Um, in the film, a naive young singer songwriter played by William Finley is tricked by legendary but unscrupulous music producer Swan, played by Williams into giving up his life's work, a rock opera based on the Faust legend. The composer uh, does a bizarre new persona to terrorize Swan's new concert hall in revenge and to have his favorite singer, Phoenix, played by Jessica Harper, perform his music. Um, it was okay. <laughs> I'm not going to go too far off on this film. Uh, Brian De Palma early on, uh, you know, was trying his hand at some different kind of weird horror type comedy stuff. Uh, obviously, eventually he went on to do Carrie, uh, written by Stephen King. Um, but he did direct that film and it was a very good one, in my opinion. So. I guess if you haven't seen it, you can always give it a shot and let me know what you think. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of that one, but, uh, you know, it's at number 18 for a reason, I guess. Let's move on to number 17. We have Shivers from 1975, a Canadian science fiction body horror film written and directed by David Cronenberg and starring Paul Hampton, Lynn Lowry, and Barbara Steele. Wow. The original, original Scream Queen. Um, actually, she's like Hammer Horror Scream Queen. Um, probably not a lot of people know who she is. Maybe you do. I don't know. 
Um, the original shooting was, uh, title was called Orgy of the Blood Parasites. <laughs> uh, maybe they should have stuck to that title. I don't know. Um, but anybody who has ever heard of David Cronenberg should know that he is like extremely weird. Um, the guy has done some of the weirdest films and he's just a weird person in general. Um, but I like him. I like some of the films he did, especially the late seventies, early eighties. Um, you know, he did that shivers obviously, but then there was rabid, the brood videodrome, the dead zone, the fly dead ringers. I mean, he went on to do so many like really strange, but very cool uh, type psychological uh, style horror films. So yeah, props to David Cronenberg. And I do recommend that film if you've never seen it, because guess what? It's not a bad film, uh, especially for uh, one of his early on films. Um, but anyhow, let's move on to number 16, The Hills Have Eyes from 1977. So even though we gave uh, Wes Craven some hell for Last House on the Left, uh, here he is in uh, his second major film, uh, directorial, and uh, this one was a little better. <laughs> um, it's an American horror film written, directed, and edited by Wes Craven and starring Susan Lanier, Michael Berryman, and Dee Wallace, uh, another uh, scream queen there. Um, I like Dee Wallace. I like that movie, The Howling. Very cool. Um, she also played the mom in E.T., for those of you who don't know. Um, the film follows the Carters, a suburban family targeted by a family of cannibal savages after becoming stranded in the Nevada desert. Now, they did remake this film. I want to say, I don't know what year it was remade, honestly. Um, I didn't watch the remake. I need to at some point just to have something to compare it to, I guess. Uh, but... This film was okay. Uh, as, as far as it being Wes Craven's second time around, it was okay. Obviously, it's not a Nightmare on Elm Street or anything like that. So um, have fun with it. If you decide to watch it, uh, don't hate on me if you watch it and you hate it. Because I told you it's kind of up in the air. I, I think if you've never seen it before or never seen anything similar to it, then... Maybe it's worth a, a, a watch for once. Uh, let's see. Moving on to number 15, we have Phantasm. 1979 American science fantasy horror film that was directed, written, photographed, and edited by Don Corscarelli. I don't know who that is. Uh, the first film in the Phantasm franchise, it introduces uh, the tall man, played by Angus Grimm. Uh, a supernatural and malevolent undertaker who turns the dead of earth into dwarf zombies <laughs> to be sent to his planet and used as slaves. He is opposed by a young boy, Mike, uh, Michael Baldwin, who tries to convince his older brother, Jody, played by Bill Thornberry, uh, and family friend, Reggie, who's played by Reggie Bannister, uh of the threat so i think it's an interesting film that little sphere that chases everyone around that's kind of cool um i wasn't a big fan as they move forward with it 
maybe some people I've heard people say they like the second, the third, the fourth, the millionth. Um, personally, I, I think the first one was okay. I, I think they did well with what they had. Um, not a super great film. I don't know how it made number 15. I think Hills Have Eyes. Actually, I know Shivers would probably be better than that film, but so be it. It is where it is. Uh, let's move on to number 14, Salem's Lot, 1979. American mini. Yeah, this one was a miniseries television adapt, uh, adaptation. Um, it's based on the horror novel by the same of the same name by Stephen King. Uh, this one was actually directed by Toby Hooper and starred David Soul and James Mason. The plot concerns a writer who returns to his hometown and discovers that its citizens are turning into vampires. Salem's Lot combines elements of the vampire film and haunted house subgenres of horror. And for and to me, I actually like Salem's Lot. I actually read the book a long time ago before I ever saw the film. Um, the book was good. It was back when Stephen King was uh, still writing solid stuff. Uh, of course, that was in his seventies. Um, so pretty much everything Stephen King wrote all the way up until the mid to late eighties was solid. Um, the film, I thought it was good. Um, I like Toby Hooper. I think he's a great director uh if you don't know who he is um he's known for obviously the texas chainsaw massacre but he went on to do movies like the poltergeist and stuff like that so uh solid director um the movie itself was pretty good i think if you hadn't seen it it's worth a watch uh, moving on to number 13 uh speaking of toby hooper uh the texas chainsaw massacre 1974 it's an american horror film produced and directed by toby hooper from a story and screenplay by Hooper and Kim Henkel. Uh, it stars Marilyn Burns, Edwin Neal, Gunnar Hansen, who res uh, respectively portray uh, Sally Hardesty, Franklin Hardesty, the hitchhiker, and so on and so forth, and obviously uh, Leatherface. The film follows a group of friends who fall victim to a family of cannibals while on their way to visit an old homestead. Now, if you hadn't seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, I think it's worth watching. Uh, I'm not like overly like impressed with this film. Some people are. I've literally heard people say, oh, that's the best horror film I've ever seen in my life. And I'm just like, really? How many horror films have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, not to dog on you, but <clears throat> I don't even think that was Tobe Hooper's best film, but it's certainly one he's known for. Anyhow, I'm, I'll say this much. It, it, I think it's worth a watch. Um, they did a remake, I think, in around 2003. Wasn't terrible. That whole film franchise is kind of like they kept going and going and going. And again, it's overdone. So... I would recommend the original. Beyond that, that's really up to you people out there. Um, number 12, Piranha, 1978. Now, people have dogged on me for liking this film. Um, I actually like this film. I like Joe Dante as a director. He's Yes, he's directed some crappy movies, but um, he also directed The Howling, and I love that film. So um, 
But Piranha, 1978 American horror comedy film. I love how they have to throw in that comedy part because there is there is some funny shit in there, some campy, funny stuff. Um, some of it almost slapstick like you you can tell that the uh, actors aren't necessarily scripted to be overly serious or anything like that, even though at times when they're being overly serious, it's hilarious. So. It's got a, like I said, directed by Joe Dante, uh, starring Bradford Dillman. Don't know who that guy is. It's the only movie I've ever seen him in. Uh, did have Kevin McCarthy in it. It had Bar- Barbara Steele in it. Um, going back to that Hammer Horror Girl uh, Scream Queen. So, And uh, Dick Miller was in it as well. Um, the film tells the story of a river being infested by lethal genetically altered piranha threatening the lives of the local inhabitants and the visitors to a nearby summer resort. So if you like big monstrous piranhas, like basically devouring people, I think it's a good film. I liked it. Uh, It's entertaining. Um, Now, you know, they went on to make remake that film and the remake, I think it was Adrian Paul, the chick from Baywatch or whatever, and actually, the remake wasn't even that terrible. Um, then they went on to do like Piranha 3 Double D or some stupid shit. I don't know. <laughs> I remember a scene with a glass bottom boat. And uh, to me, that film was ultra cheesy and had gratuitous amounts of nu- uh, nudity in it. So we could see what they were aiming for, making it more of an expo- uh, exploitation horror film than anything. Uh, it was just like bad comedy to me. So anyhow, I, I, I liked the Piranha 1978 film. I thought it was good. I would recommend it if you've never seen it. So that's just my opinion. Don't hate on me if you don't like it. Um, number 11, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Now, a lot of people I know have seen the remake where it takes place in the mall uh ving rames so on so forth that remake was actually a really good solid film but if you want to know where it came from it was the original was in 1978 also written directed and edited by george a romero and like i say when you think of uh zombie films george a romero is like the god of zombie films so um, in fact, the remake of the 68 Night of the Living Dead, I love the remake of that that they did, I think, in 1991 uh, that had Tony Todd in it. I, I don't know why. I just love that film. Thought it was great. Um, as simple of a film as it was, low budget as it was, it was just such a good film. Um, so I like zombie films. It, it makes me think of end of the world scenario type stuff. And it kind of makes me think, what would I do in that situation? Where would I be in that situation? Um, So I like that. I like that a movie can trigger those thoughts in my mind and kind of bring it to life for me a little bit. But anyhow, uh, it's an American-Italian international co-production. It is the second film in Romero's series of zombie films. And though it contains no characters or settings from the preceding film, Night of the Living Dead, which I said was in 1968, it shows the larger scale effects of a zombie apocalypse on society. In the film, a phenomenon of an unidentified origin has caused the reanimation of the dead who prey on human flesh. (laughs) Uh, Starring a whole bunch of nobodies, uh, 
but they do all those star uh nobody stars star as survivors of the outbreak who barricade themselves inside a suburban shopping mall admit mass hysteria so um this is it's the same if you watch the remake it's the same premises i mean literally almost a copy of that film so um i like the original film i thought it was pretty good uh it's not terrible um the remake i think was a little better i I would recommend both of them if you've never seen them so anyhow i'm going to move on to number 10 the brood from 1979 and we're going back to david cronenberg yep the number one man of weirdness um, and when I say weird, like he's weird, I don't mean like David Lynch weird. David Lynch's films will be like those films you watch and you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? And you can watch it three or four times and be like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like not that kind of like so bizarre weird that it's overly confusing and you just don't get it kind of weird. Like Cronenberg, you'll get his shit, but it's like so over the top and, and strange and bizarre. I guess being that that's how he is in real life, like his personality and stuff. He's just a really awkward, weird dude. And he applies it to his films, especially uh, through the seventies and eighties. Um, and, and even watching him as an actor, whenever he's uh, actually on the other side of the camera, he's just a weird guy. So uh, I like him. I like David Cronenberg. I think he's a very cool, unique uh, director. Um, so anyhow, The Brood, a 79 uh, Canadian psychological body horror film written and directed by David Cronenberg and starring Oliver Reed uh, and Art Hendel. Uh, it plot, its plot follows a man and his mentally ill ex-wife who has been sequestered by a psychiatric or sequestered by a psychiatrist known for his controversial therapy techniques. A series of brutal unsolved murders serves as the backdrop for this central narrative. Uh, crazy thing about that is, is the two characters, uh, the male and female that are uh, in that. It's uh, from what I've read, it's actually ba- he kind of based it a little bit on his own life. David Cronenberg did um, about uh, his divorce. And uh, the characters are very much like him and his ex-wife. Um, they share a child. Uh, so I thought that was kind of weird, unique, applying real life to your movies. But The Brood, I thought, was a pretty decent film. Um, not the best film Cronenberg's done, obviously, but I think it's up there where it needs to be at number 10. And I'll go ahead and move on to number nine. Uh, I'm talking about another weird director, uh, <laughs> uh, Suspiria, 1977, Italian supernatural horror film directed by Dario Argento. Now, he has a daughter named Asia Argento, who was uh, in a lot of his films early on. I don't remember if she was actually in that film or not, but uh, he co-wrote the screenplay with Daria Nicolodi. I don't know who that is. Uh, partially based on Thomas De Quincey's uh, 1849 essay, Suspiria de Profundis. Uh, the film stars Jessica Harper as an American ballet student who transfers to a prestigious dance academy, but realizes after a series of brutal murders that the academy is a front 
for a supernatural conspiracy. <laughs> now, they went on to remake this film, I think, in like 2018 or something like that. I never saw the remake, so I can't judge it. I'm probably almost certain it is garbage, but uh, the 1977, uh, the 1977 Suspiria, it was a pretty good film. It was weird. Um, if you like Der Argento stuff, uh, his version of Fan the Opera, I mean, he's he's done so much. If you go back in the 70s and early 80s and look at his work, um, he's done a lot of weird stuff. It's interesting. I don't necessarily believe that it's scary, but uh, it's on the list at number nine. I didn't put it there. Somebody else did. So don't blame me, people. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to move on to number eight. I'm actually excited about this one. I probably actually put it a little bit higher. I don't know. I'm going to go through the list and see uh, what's in front of it. But I feel like it's a little low on this list for the 70s. Um, number eight is Black Christmas. Uh, and that film, for those who don't know, was originally titled Silent Night, Evil Night. <laughs> um, but it goes by Black Christmas, and it's a 1974 Canadian slasher film produced and directed by Bob Clark and written by A. Moore, A. Roy Moore. Uh, it stars Olivia Hussey, Margot Kidder, Andrea Martin, and John Saxon, who was the sheriff and daddy of Heather Langenkamp in A Nightmare on Elm Street, for those of you who don't know. Uh, the story follows a group of sorority sisters who receive threatening phone calls and are eventually stalked and murdered by a deranged killer during the Christmas season. Um, so now you see why it was originally called Silent Night, Evil Night, because it takes place during the Christmas holidays. Um, this film is actually, and I think a lot of people will agree, is kind of the beginning of slasher films like true to nature slasher films. Um, I think it's a good film. Um, Bob Clark did a great job. Uh, he did another film that same year. I don't think had as equal of a response, but Black Christmas to me, I think it's a must see. I think it's kind of the beginning of where real slasher films came from. And if you want to know the history of slasher films, watch that film because it's a good one. Uh, moving on to number seven, The Omen. <laughs> and everybody, this uh, little kid, Damien, in this film, uh, Damien Thorne, it's like nobody wants to have a kid like this. Um, really creepy kid. Uh, it's a 1976 supernatural horror film directed by Richard Donner. That's a shocker. And written by David Seltzer. Uh an international co-production of the United Kingdom and the United States. It stars Gregory Peck, Lee Rimmick, David Warner. Wow. Just like right off the bat, those three names, like, wow, these, this is like a star-studded cast, right? Really good acting. Well, let me tell you, that film had really superb acting in it. Um, the scripting was really well done. The film's plot follows Damien Thorne, a little evil, creepy kid I was talking about. Uh, a young child replaced at birth by his father, unbeknownst to his wife, after their biological child dies shortly after birth. As a series of mysterious events and violent deaths occur around the family and Damien enters childhood, they come to learn that he is in fact the prophesied Antichrist. <laughs> uh, it's a creepy-ass film. And that kid in it, man, boy, he is a creepy little kid. 
Uh, I recommend this film. I did see the remake, um, the one with Julia Stiles. It wasn't terrible. Uh, it was okay. Um, but the original, you can't beat the acting. The acting in the original was so good. Gregory Peck, David Warner, wow. Uh, Lee Remick. I mean, just, just a really good uh, film. I think it was well-written. I think if you haven't seen the original, you should definitely see the original. Uh, especially if you like the supernatural or type film element. Some people don't. I've heard people say that movies like The Exorcist and movies like that just are very disturbing. The entity, stuff like that. They're like, ah, I don't want to watch that because that could really happen and I'm terrified of it and blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know. <clears throat> Teaches their own, I guess. Uh, moving on to number six. Uh, number six is the 1976 version of Carrie. Uh, it's an American supernatural horror film directed by Brian De Palma from a screenplay written by Lawrence D. Cohen, adapted from Stephen King's 1974 novel of the same name. Uh, the film stars Sissy Spacek as Carrie White, a shy 16-year-old who is consistently mocked and bullied at school. The film also features Piper Laurie, Amy Irving, Nancy Allen, William Catt, PJ Souls, Betty Buckley, and John Travolta. <laughs> yeah, and all those people were so young in that film. Um, very good film. Very good cast. Um, great direction from Brian De Palma. I did see the remake, and I thought it was good. Oh, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. I think she played a good Carrie White. Um, I think that film was pretty decent. It's not as good as the original, obviously. The original is a hell of a lot more spooky. I, I don't know. CG stuff these days just doesn't really impress me. Uh, I like the actual work they had to put into films to make them work back then. Nowadays, it's just sit behind a computer and make the whole movie. <laughs> so, uh, and honestly, the acting and everything was better in the original anyways. Those were a bunch of uh, young people that were um, developing as actors, but, you know, became pretty decent actors in the long run. Anyhow, I'll move on. The next one I actually like a lot uh, at number five, Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. So that's not the original. Um, it was actually from the book uh, that was written in 1955, I do believe. And then, of course, the year, I think, uh, let me see here. It's a 1978 science fiction horror film directed by Philip Kaufman and starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Veronica Cartwright, Jeff Goldblum, and Leonard Nimoy. Oh, Spock. <laughs> Released on December 22nd, 1978, it is based on the 1955 novel, The Body Snatchers by Jack Finney. Okay, so that was right. The novel was previously adapted into the 1956 film of the same name, which I've seen, the original, along with the original Fly, and so on and so forth. Um, the plot involves a San Francisco health inspector and his colleague, who over the course of a few days discover that humans are being replaced by alien duplicates. Each is a perfect copy of the person replaced, but devoid of human emotion. Hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's what's happening now on Earth. I don't know. Um, that's an awesome film. Anybody who hasn't seen it, I can't believe that. Go see that film. It's a good one. Uh, I'll go ahead and move on to number four, The Exorcist. 
1973 American supernatural horror film directed by William Friedkin and written for the screen by William Peter Blatty. Based on his 1971 novel of the same name, it stars Ellen Bernstein, Max von Sydow, Lee J. Cobb, Kitty Wynn, Jack McGowan, Jason Miller, and obviously the evil little Linda Blair. <laughs> it follows the demonic possession of a young girl and her mother's attempt to rescue her through an exorcism conducted by a pair of Catholic priests. Now, I'm going to agree with the critics on this one. It is a disturbing film. And if you are a religious person, especially of the Catholic nature, you may not enjoy this film, especially when she starts stabbing herself in the vagina with a crucifix. And then her head spins around and she spews shit at everyone. So, yeah, it's a hardcore demonic possession. 1973, you wouldn't think that they could have done what they did with that film, but boy, they did it and they did it to the limit. So, <laughs> Uh, I recommend it if you're into supernatural horror films. You might find it to be one of the best supernatural horror films you've ever seen. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of supernatural horror films, but if you like them, that's definitely one right at the top of the list. So uh, number three, a lot of people may not agree with this. Um, you may not agree with it being that it is an actual horror film and it's directed by Steven Spielberg. I don't know. Um, but I kind of agree with it. And I think it's a great film. I love the cast. Obviously, the directing top notch. Um, but Jaws. Jaws is a 1975 American thriller film directed by Steven Spielberg based on a 1974 novel by Peter Benchley. It stars Roy Schneider as police chief Martin Brody, who, with the help of marine biologist played by Richard Dreyfuss, and a professional shark hunter, played by the very strange Robert Shaw, hunts a man-eating great white shark that attacks beachgoers at a summer resort town. Um, Murray Hamilton plays the mayor, and Lorraine Gary portrays Brody's wife. The screenplay is credited to Benchley, who wrote the first drafts, and actor-writer Carl Gottlieb, who wrote the script during principal photography. Hmm, I didn't know that. Either way, this was a good film. This ain't like your uh, dumbass one trillion movies like The Reef and shit like that that came out later on in the 2000s where it's all the same shit. I'm overboard. There's sharks eating me, blah, blah, blah. This is the original. Um, it's a great film. I think anybody who hasn't seen the original Jaws, you're missing out. The second one wasn't terrible. The third one kind of was terrible. <laughs> um, but the first film, I think you should see it. And even though it's listed under a thriller film, I could construe it as being a horror film because, let's face it, if you're in the water with a big-ass great white that has an appetite for eating your ass, I bet you'd be scared too. So, moving to number two. This film may actually, in my opinion, may be number one. Uh, especially for 1970s, but uh, the 1979 science fiction horror film directed by Ridley Scott and written by Dan O'Bannon is Alien, the very first one. Very good film based on a story by O'Bannon 
Uh, it follows a crew of the commercial space tug Nostromo, who, after coming across a mysterious derelict spaceship on an undiscovered moon, finds themselves up against an aggressive and deadly extraterrestrial set loose on the Nostromo. The film stars Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, Ian Holm, and Yafet Koto. The cast was phenomenal in this film. Um, the storyline was phenomenal. The directing was phenomenal. The creativity behind the film, they don't even talk about that. But Stan Winston, uh, creature creator extraordinaire, um, much more relevant throughout the 80s, uh, along with people like Rick Baker. Um, you know, you think about the hard work and effort that they put into creating creature effects back then. It's just not the same. You watch it nowadays, it's all CG and it's just garbage. It's like, oh, you know. Tom Savini. I mean, we miss all those guys. Obviously, they're they're all passed away and, and gone now. So, but we can only hope that the younger generation picks up where they left off and start actually making some decent films again. I recommend Alien. I think it's a great film. Was it as good as the second one, Aliens, James Cameron's Aliens? No. But I think that's because there was such a mass, huge amount of aliens in the second one and obviously some more comical banter and the directing was phenomenal. Although I can't really complain really Scott's a phenomenal director. So I highly recommend alien. I think if you hadn't seen it, I think you should watch them all uh, alien one, two, three. Um, now there is a fourth one, but yeah, yeah. Teaches their own. Um, I'm going to move on to the number one film. Uh, and since in the spirit of Halloween, um, the number one film is the 1978 American independent slasher film Halloween, directed and scored by John Carpenter, co-written with producer Deborah Hill, and starring Jamie Lee Curtis in her film debut. Uh, lots of people that were in Thriller and uh, slasher films early on, PJ Souls, Nancy Kyes. Um, the plot centers around mental patient Michael Myers, who was committed to a sanitarium for murdering his babysitting teenage sister on Halloween night when he was six years old. Not 10 years old, Rob Zombie. Six years old. Uh, 15 years later, he escapes and returns to his hometown, where he is stalked as a female, or stalks a female babysitter and her friends while under pursuit by a psychiatrist. Now, whether people agree or not, as far as 70s films go, Halloween is right there at the top. Um, this is obviously labeled at number one. Would I put it at number one? I don't think Halloween was as good of a movie as Alien, but as far as an American independent slasher film, yes. Because I think that was the one that started the real, like, not just slasher type film, but like this serial killer slasher. Later on, we had Jason Voorhees and, and several others, but yeah, it's awesome. So that's the list. And I'm gonna throw in some honorable mentions uh, that didn't make the list. Um, I don't know if people have ever even heard of these films, but there's a movie called A Bay of Blood that was done in 1971. 
Uh, that film's actually also known as Carnage or Twitch of the Death Nerve or Bloodbath. And it's a 1971 Italian slasher film directed by the great Mario Bava. It's a film I would recommend if you've never seen it or if you can even find it. Uh, not an easy one to find. Uh, how about Tales from the Crypt in 1972? And if you're thinking about Tales from the Crypt, the TV series and all that stuff, nope, not that one. This is a 1972 British anthology horror film directed by Freddie Francis. It is an anthology film consisting of five separate segments based on stories from EC Comics. It was produced by Amicus Productions and filmed at Shepherdson Studios. Uh, in the film, five strangers, Joan Collins, Ian Hendry, Robin Phillips, Richard Green, and Nigel Patrick, in a crypt, encounter the mysterious Crypt Keeper, played by Ralph Richardson, who makes each person in turn foresee their possible manner of their death. It is one of several Amicus Horror anthologies produced during the 1970s. Just um, an honorable mention. If you had not seen it, you should. Just like this next one uh, they did in 1975 called Trilogy of Terror. Uh, it's American made-for-television anthology horror film directed by Dan Curtis and starring Karen Black. Uh, it, it features three segments, each based on uh, unrelated short stories by Richard Matheson. Um, the first follows a college professor, seeks excitement with her students. Uh, the second is about twin sisters who have bizarre relationship. These two segments were adapted by William F. Nolan. The third, adapted by Matheson himself, focused on a woman terrorized by a Zuni fetish doll in her apartment. <laughs> uh, Karen Black stars in all three segments and plays dual roles in the second as twins. So... That's just an honorable mention. Uh, I thought it was good. Some people may not. That's okay. Uh, another one is Death Dream. And the reason why I mentioned this is uh, it's the same year that Bob Clark did Black Christmas in 1974. Um, this is also a horror film directed by Bob Clark. Blob Clark. That's what I was about to say. Poor guy. I didn't mean that. Sorry, Bob. Uh, directed by Bob Clark and written by Alan Ornsby and starring Richard Backus, John Marley, and Lynn Carlin, filmed in Brooksville, Florida. It was inspired by the W.W. W. Jacobs story, um, the short story he wrote, The Monkey's Paw. <clears throat> I recommend it. If you had not seen it, you should watch it. Um, and last on the list, I'm going to throw this one in there because I am a Cronenberg fan. Um, there's a, a 1977 independent body horror film written and directed by Cronenberg, uh, it's called Rabid, uh, an international co-production of Canada and the United States. The film stars Marilyn Chambers in a lead role, supported by Frank Moore, Joel Silver, and Howard Rospin. Uh, Chambers plays a woman who, after being injured in a motorcycle accident and undergoing a surgical operation, develops uh, an orifice under her armpit stinger she uses to feed on people's blood those she feeds upon become infected their bot spreads the disease and they cause massive chaos starting in quebec countryside and ending up in montreal uh that movie grossed a million in canada making it one of the highest grossing canadian films of all time um this is a good film i recommend it so 
And that's my pick list for the 1970s. Um, it's actually not my pick list, but um, it's somebody's pick list. It's not a terrible list. I think there's a lot of good quality uh, horror films on there. Like I said, the ones I, I truly recommend, I think I spoke out about. And if you're looking for good movies to watch during the holiday, well, that's some of them. And the next time I'm on, I'm going to do the 1980s. So um, we're going to get into some really good shit then because the 80s basically is the best decade for horror films, in my opinion. So anyhow, thanks for listening, everybody out there. And uh, I hope you're enjoying the cooler weather here in Texas uh, for the rest of you in the world. Not sure what your weather's like, but hopefully you're enjoying uh, October. And as Halloween approaches, I, I just wish you all a happy Halloween. Um, I will see you again soon. So thank you for listening. And that'll do it for this episode. So be sure to subscribe and support this podcast and follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates and info. I'm Danny Beard, and you've been listening to The Human Factor.